Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Damon and Ratto, where all guests, even this one, appears on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy, as was Joe Fortenbaugh's tenure when he was out here as our humble morning show host but no he had bigger professional mountains to climb and you can see him now losing america's money on an afternoon basis afternoon afternoon he's telling you what games to bet on and that is why uh they're continuing to build new casinos throughout las vegas joey fortin nuts joey courtside also known as joe fortinbaugh formerly of the philadelphia eagles formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, he is a man conflicted this weekend. What's going on? That's not how you introduce a guest who went out of his way to put down the alcohol to join you two for a few minutes here, okay? I could have very happily continued on with my afternoon cocktails, moved myself into the evening, and I come in and I'm subjected to this. But I will say, the Bud Light line, like, boy, have things turned around there. I saw the ratings recently. I see everyone's kicking the teeth in of the other guys. Just, you're all grown up. You're all grown up, and I'm very proud of everybody. It's amazing the success that we've had since we cut bait with you. It truly is. <laughs> I walk, I, man, I'm, I regret the hell out of that. I walked right into that. That was, that was a layup. That's how you flush it, Kobe. Very nicely done. Maybe that's why you should be drinking more during this and not less. How are you doing, by the way? I no. figured I'd hear from you at some point during this interview. You doing all right? Still grumpy as ever? None of your business. Answer the all questions right. and then get lost. All right, all right, Raymond, take it easy. We're all just trying to make some wagers this weekend. I'm sure you've got a couple angles that I'd be interested in hearing about. So where do you guys want to begin? Do you want to begin with my plans for traveling to Arizona to get ready to watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Do you want to talk about whether or not Shanahan can win the big one after he loses this weekend? How do you guys want to handle this? You tell me. Let's 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 tee it up with why the 49ers are in trouble, why the Eagles are simply an immovable object they will not circumvent. <laughs> I mean, come on. You saw what we did to the Giants last weekend. You guys couldn't I mean, nice work with Dallas. You had to let it come all the way down to the end. The Cowboys, really? I mean, you take a team like that, you flush them down the toilet. You don't toy with them like that. Now, Jokes aside, and I'm sure there'll be some more trash talk banter throughout the course of the show, this is the matchup we needed in this conference. I know people, as you come, come towards the end of the season, everyone starts talking about sleepers and dark horses. No, 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 no. The Eagles, as much as I love them, 
They have not exactly played a robust schedule this season. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best team they faced. So let's see if the offense is legit, because that is one hell of a defense in San Francisco. On the other side, the Niners have been fantastic. Brock Purdy, however, two road games so far, Seattle and the Raiders, both teams outside the top 20 in total defense, slated to face a tough defense in a hostile environment this weekend. I think we have a great convergence of fantastic storylines and questions that quite frankly need answers. Purdy shouldn't be subject to a lot of the criticism he gets from people, but that's how we are when we come across something new. Like we're scared of it, right? We can't accept it. He's been playing great. He's been doing exactly what Shanahan needs him to do, and Shanahan's been putting him in a position to make the plays he needs to make. On the other side, like I said, the Eagles, this is the toughest game all season. So I'm very excited, very excited to talk to everybody on Monday after you're all done crying Sunday evening. Uh, Let's cut the crap and ask the real questions here. (laughs) If you have two teams that are as defensively skilled as these two, why why has the total stayed at 46 and a half instead of going down the way it should? Okay, so weather doesn't look like it's a concern, which is one thing. So this is a very smart question. And uh, sorry for my eye watch jumping in there a few moments ago. Anytime I go for like a quarter-mile walk, I put it on. It makes me feel like I'm really getting something done. Anywho, back to the question at hand. So I saw some shots had it 45 and a half. I've seen it tick up a little bit. For the most part, though, the total's been stagnant. I, I think... I I hate to say this. I do think the Philadelphia defense is overrated. I really do. I mean, what does Shanahan want to do? He wants to run the ball. That's not a secret. That's what he wants to do. He wants to control the clock. He wants to keep the defense rested. He wants to keep Purdy out of trouble. Last thing you want in this game is Brock Purdy throwing 45 passes, right? Run the football. So that's exactly what they want to do. Well, guess what the Achilles heel of the Eagles defense is? Running the football. So I don't think it's going to be as difficult for the Niners to generate scoring as it was last week. I don't know what the hell happened last week, but you should be able to run the ball on this Eagles team, assuming the environment isn't too much for Purdy in the offense. Now, on the other side, the Eagle offense, even though they haven't been that tested, I still think most of us would realize they got weapons all over the place, so they're going to probably find a way to score some points as well. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, Raymond. I lean more towards the under. I think the running offenses are going to grind the clock in this game, but when I see it going up, it doesn't surprise me based on the fact that I think the Niners, it's a little bit suppressed that the Niners didn't show up with a huge number last week. I don't think that's necessarily the case this week. Um, the other thing that struck me is that, you know, people have been talking all week about how the Philadelphia crowd could really impact Brock Purdy's tender psyche. As, a, <laughs> as somebody who lives in Las Vegas, how do you put a number on what that might be worth? Or does that just get folded into the general advantage for the for the home team? First of all, let me address the fact that you're allowed to ask two questions in a row. Uh, congratulations on the promotion. That's big. That's big that Ray Rado's asking two questions in a row, so congratulations on that. Well, now, Damon, Damon went to the can, so I'm just killing time here. <laughs> this interview meant so little to him, I can completely understand that. So the general rule of thumb for the longest time was three points for home field advantage. Now, that was back in the old days when we really didn't quantify things the way we do now. The defensive shift, pace, and all 
offensive efficiency in basketball, all these things. So home field advantage has been tweaked in football as well. Three is still a starting point, but let's add in a few other components, right? Uh, or is it Monday night in New Orleans? Or is it, you know, Sunday afternoon in Houston, right? These are very different home field advantages. So with Philadelphia, I would say that they're probably worthy of the full three points, considering it's going to be very hostile there, very hostile. Not to say more hostile than Levi's, not to hurt anyone's delicate sensibilities in the Bay Area, but it's going to be loud. I've been there for these games. Like These people are going to be drinking heavily. They're going to show up, and they take pride in the fact that they're going to make a hostile environment. Now, that said... To your point, if you're getting three for home field and you're only laying two and a half in the game, what does that tell us? What that tells us is something we've known for quite some time. The Niners, on a neutral, are power-ranked as the more impressive team than the Eagles. Now, prior to last week, it would have been a little bit more significant in San Francisco's favor, but the fact that Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson both looked healthy and the Eagles blew the doors off the Giants, all those concerns about how Philly looked late in the season are gone for the bookmakers. So they're kind of back to where they were power-ranked, but if you put them on a neutral. The, the, the pros who do this for a living, they do have San Francisco power rated as a better team, and that's why the Niners were actually the favorite to win the NFC late in the season instead of the Eagles. It's not just because the Eagles were stumbling. Vegas gives them a lot of respect, even with Purdy at quarterback. Joe Fortenbaugh here on Damon and Ratto. So if the Niners do go in there and win, what was the most performative nonsense that you have offered up in this interview. Like, what do you think is the thing that you could be most wrong about if the 49ers win this game? I can't, listen, I, I can't even, I really don't even want to go down that path. I, I um, it's not to say the Niners can't win, because obviously I'm going to come on with my bravado and talk my trash, but I got a lot of things going on here on the home front. As you know, I married into Bill's Mafia. They, of course, did what they did last week. So I got that problem on my hands. Her parents are coming to town Friday night. They're staying with us for like a month. Uh, you know, that's clearly a disaster, as anyone could, could anticipate. Anyone who listened to me back in the day when I was on there, I was dealing with that at that time as well. So none of this is good. And compounding the issue is when the Eagles won the Super Bowl years ago, and Harris, my oldest's birthday is always right around Super Bowl weekend. So the Eagles won on his first birthday, and everyone was there supporting Philadelphia. And I've always wanted to return that favor to the Buffalo side of the family. So now that they flame out on the year they're supposed to win it, and the damn Eagles come out of left field and they're suddenly looking really good, it's like, what do I do? I'm walking on eggshells in my own house. The last thing that happens that needs to happen is losing to the Niners. Because now I'm losing on every front. I at least got to get something out of this. I got to get a trip to the Super Bowl if I'm going to be miserable in my own household. So I got that problem. Now, that being said... Should the Niners handle business, uh, wouldn't be new to me. You know how many NFC championships, losers I've been a part of? Uh, the Rams in the greatest show on turf. Uh, Rondé Barber and the stupid pick six at Veterans Stadium. The Carolina Panthers, who somehow came in and McNabb turned the ball over 20 times. Then a few years later, they come out of left field and they go to the, the conference championship again and they face Arizona and they get their teeth kicked in in that game. So I don't even want to think about it, but I've been thinking about it quite a bit. Where I would be wrong would be the Eagle offense would be completely shut down and Sirianni would be exposed as a mid-level coach. You know, there's a reason he's not one of the final three finalists, okay? A bit redundant there. I'm sure Rado will get me for that one. But a bit, it, there's a reason. It's Dable, Peterson, and Shanahan. 
Sirianni had an easy schedule, and that team did not show up for that Saints game. And I think that was the game that cost him. So I think it would be coaching, and I think the offense and Jalen Hurts would just get worked over by D'Amico Ryans in that Niner defense. If you're done whining about your hard luck in prior conference finals, <laughs> can you explain to me where the Chiefs Bengals line is going to end up because it opened it with Kansas City at two and a half, lurched to Cincinnati by two and a half, I think Tuesday, and now is back to one Kansas City in every shop except the win. So, excellent research by you, by the way. Nicely done. Um, what happened, this, the, all the key movement, there were two key moves. There was the initial move, which was when, when Westgate and some of the other books sent out Kansas City minus three right after the Bengals beat the Bills, that number got hammered. That, that number just got hammered all the way down to pick them immediately, and it kept tick, uh, trickling to, like you said, Cincinnati minus two and a half. And then we got the Zabruder tape of uh, Mahomes yesterday standing on the dais and then walking around at practice, and all of a sudden Kansas City money hit the market. Like, to, in my opinion, what were you expecting to see? Did you think he wouldn't have legs? And then all of a sudden when he showed up with legs, everyone decided to bet him? Like, yeah, he walked gingerly off the dais. How'd you think that was going to happen? Was he going to be in a wheelchair? Like, he was lightly jogging at practice, okay? Like, again, it's not a broken leg. It's not an amputation. What did we think was going to happen? And then on top of that, the Chiefs list him as a full participant, and he's on the dais telling everyone he feels great. This is all bull, okay? It's bull. If this was a regular season game, there's no way he even practices on Wednesday. They're just trying to send the message to Cincinnati that he's fine, trying to get in their heads. I'm not saying he's hurt, he's seriously hurt, but he's definitely not 100%, and that's going to affect his mobility. Remember something. Over the last five years, Kansas City has ranked in the top three in third-down conversions every single year. Part of that is because of his ability to buy extra time in the pocket and let his receivers get open down the field. If he can't do that, that's going to kill him on third down. And if you're dead on third down, it's going to be tough to be Burrow and the Bengals, who are winning every single week. I do think the under might be the play there as well, because everyone forgot about Cincy's O-line issues because of what happened in the Bills game. That game was in the snow. It hurt the pass rush. It's not supposed to snow at Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs get after Burrow a little bit. Joe Fortenbaugh, who's been a Philadelphia Eagles fan ever since they reached the NFC title game, and has been a big Phillies fan since they approached the World Series last year, joins us here, <laughs> doing a decidedly pro-Philadelphia segment on a station that once used to love him and call him home. But no, he has no regard for the room that he's actually playing in to play to the crowd, so let's just keep this stone-cold business, Mr. Gambler. Give me a prop bet that's going to feed the kids. Okay, first off, I never lied to the audience when I was there. I'm always very proud of that. Never tried to pretend I was someone I was not. Everyone knew who I was rooting for. So authentic. I was able to embrace the local so teams. And you all forget, so I'm the one that delivered you a basketball dynasty. Your team was crap until I because showed up from and you Philadelphia. won the title that year. Because you they're from Philadelphia. Say they're from Philadelphia. So, of course, Joe could move the cosmos on them, too. Yeah, so there you have it. So, all right, you want some prop bets? I'm going to give you a few. In the Niners game... Purdy, over nine and a half rushing yards, okay? These quarterbacks, they lay it all on the line. He's going against the number one pass defense in the NFL. He drops back. There's crowd noise. Guys are covered. He's going to take off. He's going to run. The kid's a gamer. He's going to try to make some plays. Keep in mind, Philadelphia allowed the fourth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season, so that's one prop I would play. In the Kansas City game, I give you, I'll give you a bunch. Joe Mixon, under three and a half receptions. P. 
Ryan gets a lot of the snaps in the passing game, and he's a better blocker. And with a banged-up offensive line, they need to use Ryan in the backfield more than Mixon, so go Mixon under three-and-a-half receptions. Hayden Hurst, the Cincinnati tight end, over three-and-a-half receptions. He had two receptions in the game earlier this year against uh, Kansas City, so people say, oh, why would I want to bet that? He only played nine snaps in that game before he got hurt. Tight ends do well against this defense. Hurst over three and a half, and then Jamar Chase over 82 and a half receiving yards. Kansas City ranks 31st in the NFL against opposing number one wide receivers. Like, dudes have eaten them up. Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. Chase himself went for 97 yards in the first game, so I play that over as well. That Eagle game, I don't have a ton. I have the Purdy prop, um, and I've been toying around with some other stuff, but I haven't gotten there just yet on a lot of them. I'm just I'm trying to figure out. I think if you want to play a tackles prop, Dre Greenlaw over 8.5 tackles is a place I would be. He's averaging 8.4 on the year, and Philly loves to run. So I think he's going to have a ton of opportunity. Like, that's your X factor in that game. It's Philly's rushing attack versus Warner and Greenlaw, who have been incredible this season. That linebacker unit does not get enough uh, – does not get the credit that they deserve nationally. If you like to fade the public, which game do you go to and what side and where? So in this one, it feels like with the Cincinnati game, I think the public is going to try to rally around the Bengals. That's just an early guess. And now if Mahomes is somehow declared, uh, you know, completely healed, Kansas City takes a lot of money, but the Bengals have been great to people. And the public tends to focus more more intently on what just happened. Recency bias, right? So you watch them go in the Buffalo, they hammer the Bills. Kansas City struggles with Jacksonville. I think the public's going to like Cincinnati in that game. For the Niner game, it's probably going to be Philadelphia. They're at home. They blew out the Giants. Everybody watched the Niner game last week, and they were struggling a little bit against Dallas. And then people fixate, the public fixates on quarterbacks. Like, they haven't come around on Purdy yet, but I think that's an advantage for the Niners, and I think that might lead to value on the Niners. What's curious is that this game's been sitting two and a half almost all week. You know as well as I do that three is the most key number in all of football betting. So I'm wondering if we see a three, and if we do, how long does it last? Because if it pops and then immediately disappears, which I think will happen, or I think could happen more than likely, then that tells you exactly where the professionals are. They're waiting to get the field goal with the Niners. Is there any conclusion to be made from the fact that the Bengals were the best team against the line during the regular season and the Chiefs were second to last? Yeah, I think there's something to that. Uh, for the Bengals, they, the way they were power rated this season, the public loves Cincinnati. All right, They were in the Super Bowl last year. They like Joe Burrow. They score a lot of points. It doesn't take a lot to recognize what the public's interested in, since he checks all those boxes. But Vegas had them power rated lower. If you look at their win total and their Super Bowl odds and everything else, I think a lot of people in Vegas thought, all right, they had a pretty fortuitous pass last year. They got the Raiders. They got Tannehill. The Chiefs lost that game in the second half rather than the Bengals won it. 
and then they lost the Super Bowl. So they were power-rated lower. As a result, you had really favorable prices, and they turned out to be a good team. Like the Tampa Bay game is the one that always sticks out to me on Cincinnati because they went down there on a Sunday, and the Bengals were, I think, getting points, or it was a really, it was a really cheap spread, like two, two and a half. And I kept thinking, this Tampa team sucks. How is this spread like this? And then Tampa completely imploded in the third quarter, and Cincy hammered them. But a lot of bookmakers looked at that and blamed it on Tampa rather than Cincy. In the other side of the equation, um, when you're talking about Kansas City, everybody loves Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, they were double-digit favorites in like six games. They were favorites of nine or more in seven or eight games this season. It's tough to cover those numbers in the NFL week in and week out. Like, they blew out Denver in the first half, but then Denver came back to cover the number. They did that in a bunch of games this year. So they're just overvalued because of how good they've been, kind of a victim of their own success sort of thing. Call the Super Bowl. What do you think we're watching on February 12th? I mean, is it the Eagles by four touchdowns or five? I mean, that's up to you. You call. I'll set it right up in that in that slate and let you know. Um, I have bet Philadelphia this weekend. I it's it's even if I take my emotion out of it, I do like their situation more. Um, you know, like I said, Purdy only two road games. I think this is going to be a tough spot. San Francisco's playing their 12th consecutive weekend of football. Philly had the bye two weeks ago. I think all that stuff adds up. Not trying to troll anyone, that's where I'm at. But I'll be completely honest. It's not going to surprise me at all if the Niners win. The Niners are damn good. He's damn hedging. good. Hedging. Like, I can talk all the trash I want, hedging. but they're fantastic. So it's a tough bet. It's not a big bet for me. I, I unloaded on Philly against the Giants last week. Like, I knew that one was a lock. That was as obvious as could be. This one is not like that at all. On the other side of the equation, I am on Cincinnati. But again, very tough. It's not a large wager. I'd be betting more on the props that I talked about earlier than I will on these games. Is it true whatever movie wins best movie, best picture at the Oscars this year will instantly become your favorite movie of all time? You know, I haven't seen most of those. I, I'm sure this is some sort of attempt at you to be funny and highbrow because that's what you like to do, the, the fake, uh, sophisticated savant that you, can, you carry yourself to be. But I saw you in Vegas not too long ago, drinking cheap whiskey, watching your college basketball team from the Midwest get their face kicked in behind two guys that, did you notice that one dude's pants, his, half his ass was hanging out the entire game? Like yes. that? That was the worst. Not only were they fans of the other team, that dude was just slob city. I, I never even got a chance to address that with you, probably because neither one of us wants to talk about another guy's ass, so I'll just let that go for now. Joey uh, the Band. audience can go ahead and weigh in on the text line with that one. Joey but, Bandwagon um, here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, have you ever seen a crowd take over an arena, though, more than those Indiana Hoosiers? Be honest. They did great. They did great. Not just the arena, the entire casino. That, that floor of the MGM Grand is, is huge. They were everywhere. Once again, reaffirming that there's nothing to do in Indiana in the middle of the winter, so why not come out here and hang out with us in Vegas? We love it. Come on in. But that was a good time. Unfortunately, it didn't work out so well, uh, but it's only one game, so we'll see how you guys play it the rest of the way out. I don't even know what your question was. I was too busy ranting on the last one, so uh, uh, apologies, I guess. I don't know. This is what you bring me on for, though. Uh, very witty, very insightful stuff. I like the fact that you continue to not pay attention to anything but your own bloviation. That's very, that's impressive. That's uh, true. I came onto this show with an agenda, and I'm I'm hitting every single mark. I, I gotta tell you, let me ask you two a question. How confident are you guys? What's the pulse of the fan base? Congratulations beating Dallas and the Geno Smith and the Seahawks, but now you're stepping up in class. It's like getting a chance to fight Mayweather. How do you feel? I mean, like any time you can beat a team that put forty on the Eagles, that's got to be good, right? 
<laughs> that was Gardner Minshew. That was Gardner Minshew. That's oh, a different story, Tom. Okay, okay. Yeah. Do, are, do you want to talk about a third-string quarterback or your backup quarterback? I'm talking. Hey, look, we got our starter in. Okay, you guys want to get a handsome Jimmy out there? Uh, if Trey wants to start walking around again, I I will. Say, <laughs> I can't believe the content that you guys get to discuss on a daily basis in that city. Like it never. I know you always talk about when you're on vacation, a big story breaks. It's every day with you guys. You got a quarterback controversy every year. You got the Warriors winning titles every single year. Uh, you know, <laughs> the George Springer thing was just incredible to be a part of, to watch that from a distance as everything was playing out. It is just amazing to me how at every turn there's content. This Purdy story. I mean, you guys are talking about it like crazy. I don't think it's getting enough attention. The guy is a seventh-round rookie. He hasn't lost yet. Everyone keeps creeps crediting the coach and all the players, which, yeah, you should, but he's also making a hell of a lot of plays. When he beats your Eagles, it's just going to be glorious. Will we get that Monday interview too, Joe? I will come on Monday. I will come on Monday, win or lose. But let me tell you something. Win or lose. So if they beat the Niners, you better clear some space for your boy. You better be ready. And everyone in San Francisco, take your little jerseys, wipe your eyes. I'm sure Shasky's going to, you know, he's going to be in some gutter somewhere. He's going to be beside himself. Can't believe you lost the Eagles. We're coming. We're coming for you. So on Monday, you make sure you clear space for Joe Fortenball to come on and tell you all exactly what he thinks. Don't go running and hiding. I don't think either of you would do that, but... Not going to put it past Ratto. What if the Eagles win but don't cover? Then it's kind of an awkward conversation for all of us. I'm still very <laughs> excited. You guys are still very upset. But if you bet the Niners, you at least come away with something. And at least I'm knocked off my high horse a little bit. So it's kind of like we're all meeting in the middle on that one. Are we going to be meeting at the Greek for three nights of fish in April? So I'm looking into a lot of that. I'm looking into a lot of that right now. We're trying to get uh, the parents out here, my mother. We're trying to get some coverage. I, I might be a solo act. I don't know. I was looking at the Seattle shows. The, the Greek shows are middle-of-the-week shows. I know. The others are, are weekend shows. And I don't know why the Bay Area has to get the most complicated stuff, but I am looking into that. I will be in touch. Have a good one, man. Always great to talk to you. Uh, have a good one and give uh, Nikki our condolences. Not only are her bills out of the tournament, she's got to deal with you. I mean, I made the mistake of telling her very quickly after that loss that, you know, at least why I actually went up and put my arm around her and I said, I may have been drinking a little bit here, but I said, don't worry, at least one of our teams got through, and that didn't really land the way I thought it was going to land. So she's probably <laughs> not going to want to hear your condolences. Best of luck to all of you this weekend. Enjoy it. You guys had a hell of a run. You made it all the way to the NFC Championship game. It's nothing to feel ashamed about losing to the one seed. It's important. All of you in the Bay Area understand that. Sure, the Warriors might not win another title. Sure, the Giants are a mess. Sure, the Sharks haven't been relevant in forever. But at least you guys made it to the NFC Championship game, and that's a huge win for the little engine that could, San Francisco 49ers. I just got a note from your wife telling you to sleep with one eye open. <laughs> she look that that has nothing to do with with anything other than being around me for 10 years now she's had enough so me sleeping with one eye open is not football related but i'm sorry gentlemen I, i'm just all out of time i hate to do it to you uh, joey hey. charcuterie board has a lot to do tonight so you guys enjoy yourselves and uh a break for monday break for monday i'll tell you there's a lot of people in that office that are not going to want to hear from me come monday so you better be ready for it well, I'm one of them, and I don't have a rooting interest. Well, 
Good for you. You're going to hear from me regardless. And you know what? You're going to rate well because of it, and you're never going to thank me, but we'll both know this segment was the winning segment of the week. Our ratings have never been better since Joe Fortenball left 95.7 <laughs> the game. Thank you so much for joining us, Joe. Love you guys. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.